Jaden Daniels? Yeah. I think so. Did well, he go out in the well, he had Georgia that, game? Well, he had that ankle injury. Because um, he was hurt going into the game, and then he went out. Yeah, then like yeah, because Nussmeier came in and played the like second half, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to play, because I don't think he's going to declare for the draft or anything okay. like that. So I, I don't think it was like a really bad spring, but it was enough, obviously, for him no, to no, no. Not I don't know, at least from what I can understand he's going to play. But where did the I thought the where did the Purdue head coach get hired? I don't know where at? he went. Was it Wisconsin? Maybe. What's it? I don't know. I want to say it was inside conference, wasn't it? I don't it? know. Maybe. I saw that uh, Mississippi State hired on was it like the AD, uh, the, or the, uh, the defense coordinator, the, defense coordinator, right? the yeah. DC. Uh, <laughs> that's now their new head coach and whatnot. I saw that. Um, are they going to play their bowl game? I think so. They haven't said. Anything I assume they are. are. Um, that sucks though. I was watching that uh, highlights of him. Uh, Mike, Mike Leach. Leach. Uh, he was a pretty funny dude. He was a pretty funny dude. Well, like, he would go off on these tangents in his interviews, like talking about aliens and. Really? Like some weird stuff? Like he would just kind of like, yeah, he'd go off. Like, what was the thing that he was talking about with. He was worried about the younger generation. Because, I forgot exactly what correlated the subject, but basically he was like. They're eventually not going to have hands. <laughs> like as we evolve as human beings, we won't have hands. We're going to lose our hands. Like I don't know. It was like something weird. I don't have to do with technology or something. He was concerned for the younger generation because he was concerned that they won't have hands anymore. That's some crazy stuff. He would go off on weird tangents like that. Uh, but I mean, a lot of people are posting about. It. I mean, I a lot of people liked him. I could see he would be like a funny guy or like a funny coach to be with. He came from Washington I think, State. So he went to Washington State. Um, he went to three three colleges, I think. Washington State. Uh, Texas Tech, and then uh, then Mississippi State. Yeah, and he's been pretty successful. Right? I think he yeah. went everywhere he went. He went to bowl games, so like he was a pretty successful guy. Yeah, I'll probably say at least I don't. And I could be wrong, but it seems like Mississippi State was probably like one of his least successful. Least ones. successful. Yeah. It didn't seem like he did that. Well, great. I think when he was at like, it Texas maybe. Tech and like Washington State, like, even I think Washington State, like he was like in conference championships. Yeah, like, they did really well. Like now, yeah. obviously it's a lot different being in the SEC. Well, that's I mean, different. Right? I guess it's like a different ball game Big 12 and Pac-12. Dude, it aggravates the piss out of me when I'm listening to like the Pat McAfee show or like all these different shows. And Are they SEC like, haters? Uh, Pat McAfee, I think... I think they all are. Well, Pat McAfee, he, he went to West Virginia. And mm-hmm. so, like, they all, they want to see anybody but SEC, right? And so, they literally... And like, I could probably see that Australia somewhere. Well, that's... But at the same time, like, let's say, like, so, I was to another one, right? And so, they're all... He went to a Big 12 school. So, if he went to Iowa, Michigan. And if Michigan is not in Big the 10? national championship... Uh, Taylor Lewan. But Big uh, 10, though. Yeah, but he's Big, Big 10. 10. So... They go. He would go to Michigan, and it doesn't matter if Ohio State, if Ohio State's in the national championship, he's going for Ohio State, which is like their biggest rival. Just because of the conference, right? Just because of the conference. If you're an LSU fan, okay, and Alabama's in the national championship, the odds of you going for Alabama are still pretty slim. I feel like, right? For the most part, unless so, I'm torn that to a degree because even though I'm not, that's not only that like I have a, a deep hatred for Alabama. I mean, it's honestly. It's kind of one of those deals like I actually do like Nick Saban. Nick Saban. I mean, you gotta, you gotta admire greatness to agree. Just, just because I mean, when you see somebody when right? you see somebody like that team do so well for so long, right? You you kind of get old to see like, you know, like, somebody else. He's the goat. But I would say the only time I ever root for Alabama is if they're playing USC or Ohio State. Okay. Just because I hate those teams. Did you hate those? Or like Notre Dame. Like those are three teams. Or like Clemson. Like those four teams alone, I hate. Just because every year they're hyped up so high, mm-hmm. and. 
you know, how they're better than the SEC kind of deal, whatever it may be. Or like Oregon or something. one of those teams. Like, see, playing I like, a, like Oregon. See, if they're like playing like, if like let's say like TCU was playing Alabama. I'm I, kind of root for TCU. I am. Like, out of the, the four teams going this year, that's the team I'm actually rooting because yeah. it's the biggest underdog. And I don't know if I'm rooting for TCU because of the program or the quarterback. because of the quarterback, dude. That, man. I watched that, that damn championship game, man, and my respect for that dude just went through the roof. Like he's, that last drive, he doesn't, he's running up. That's what I'm saying. Field. He doesn't like wow you. It's not like you like watch the guy and you're like, damn, that's like the number one that's pick. Cr- that's like that guy's like the number right? one pick, right? Like if anything, he'll he's, probably be like a third or fourth round draft pick, probably, right? Um, and I don't know if he'll do anything in the NFL or not, but dude's just like one of those guys, he's just a gritty dude who just finds ways to win. I mean, if you literally see that last drive, I think it, he goes off on like I mean, he willed that team to that for that touchdown to mm-hmm. go into overtime. Yeah. But like he runs, so if you didn't watch the game, he literally runs first run, he probably run for fifty yards, maybe, right? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And so he gets down to like the ten yard line, dude's like gasping for air. You mm-hmm. can see him. He's like probably like, Coach, please call a timeout for me and he just lets him on the field. Well he literally like takes a knee and like the guys are like congratulating, he's like, Get the hell out of Well, that's the thing, he runs for fifty yards, they go for it, or they do it again. He runs into the end zone, scores the touchdown. They go for two. Literally, he throws the fucking two point conversion pass, converts it, and then he's in the end zone, like on his hands and knees, yeah. like trying to breathe it. And all his teammates are like surrounding him and it's doing like, all get this. Away. He's like, please get the hell off. He's of all me. bloody down. Like, get off me. He goes to the sideline. Everybody's congratulating him. He's like moving him out the way, like, yeah. give me the bench. Like, let me sit down. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hope he beats Michigan. I know everybody wants Michigan to win, but I hope he beats them. Have you a root for Michigan? Oh yeah, it's like it's crazy. It's like like this forced people that you well, listen to. Well, everybody just says that like Michigan's the better team. Is what's, uh, that's I mean, what's probably happening. on paper. Like if you uh, watch, if you probably look at them like on paper, and like obviously when they played Ohio State, you'd probably would suggest they're probably the better team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say, if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet on Michigan. If you look at, so this is my argument there. My only, my only argument there. I'm sorry, Jen, for talking about football. I know. But, but think about, the whole time uh, I'm thinking about this, I'm like, if Jennifer listens to this podcast, she's right so mad at uh, me talking about football. But she hates when we do this. If you look at their schedules, TCU literally has, I think, like five or six top 15 wins. Mm-hmm. And so, and two, I think two of them were like early season. So, like in like the first couple games, which is like, you can't really base it off of that because then those teams just get rocketed out yeah. there. Um, but five top 15 teams is still impressive. Even if it's a Big Ten or a Big Twelve no, or that, whatever it is, like yeah. they're still top ranked, uh, and I think Michigan has one win over Ohio State, which was like a good win. It was a good dominant win. It was a hell of a win, um, and it was a way. Do you so, think Georgia rolls all over uh, Ohio State? I, I mean, Georgia looks solid, dude. Mm-hmm. Georgia looks solid. I think the only thing that you can say if if somehow Ohio State wins, Ohio State's going to pass for four hundred yards and they're going to win that game. Just happens to pass. I mean, I think LSU had like what, like 300, 400 passing yards on something like that, yeah. Um, and Ohio State's got way more talent, more weapons, you know. Uh, uh, but Ohio State's got a receiver out there, top receivers going. That dude's legit. He's he's a stud. He's good. Uh, not not Smith guy. Um, he's like a he's been hurt for a long time, or I think like half the year. He just came back and he's opting out. Uh, Already, the, yeah. But the Smith guy, that dude's he's different. What uh, what class is he? Uh, I think Smith. He's a junior? Junior? Is a junior sophomore? Is he thinking he's on leave? If he's a sophomore, obviously he can't leave. But. No, if he's a sophomore, he can't leave. But if he's a junior, I mean, I imagine yeah. he'll leave him. As you can tell, Kel is very passionate about his sports. I do. I like this, sports. Anytime we get, sports anytime we get on this subject, Kel says rams on. I could talk about but that's what you, all day. But also, like, 
out of like the podcast that you listen to, I mean, how much of a sports podcast? A lot. Like at a percentage wise? Uh, I mean, I'd probably say like 70. 70. 70. Yeah. Because I know you listen a little bit of Rogan as well, but not a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, I listen to Rogan, but I'm, I'm, I'm picky with Rogan, I guess. Like I only listen the only time to Rogan ones yeah. if like I'm interested in the topic. Exactly, right? Like I have to be I'm either, not just either, listening to every Rogan. Either either A have to know who the person is and yeah. he's interviewing. Because he interviews his, he interviews crazy. Because sometimes all he just interviews place. some random dude on there and it, and he's like talking about fucking aliens and like off the wall shit. Yeah, and I'm like, like, all right, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, or like something has to do with like the dude's like an artist or something. Yeah. Like and he'll even say, like, I interview people that I want to interview. Well yeah, I mean which Good for him. I mean, obviously, it's done well for him. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's like, I just want to know. He's like, just, he's like, because I mean, I was listening to the, uh, the, 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 did you ever listen to the More Plates, More Date to him? Yeah. Did you ever, with the Little King one? The, one you, uh, the newer one? Yeah, the Little yeah. King one. And so, because he was, they were kind of talking about that particular subject, right? Obviously, they're talking about like Liver King and everything else. And, uh, you know, he was talking to, because Liver King obviously wanted to be on a show and stuff like that. And, uh, and like he said, all the podcasts, he's like, I mean, I have plenty of people who have a humongous following, actors and things like that. He's like, I'm not interested in talking to those people. He well, like, even came outside. He was like, when I hear somebody wanting to come on or like if they're trying super at hard that to point, get on, he's like, I automatically don't want you on. Because you're and coming so, here for the wrong reasons. Exactly. And so, you're trying to like push your... I mean, I guess everybody to a degree who goes on the show is probably looking well, to push their name well, out there. they're like trying to promote themselves Wait, or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly right. It doesn't... It only does you good. Because I mean, can you imagine if... Randomly, Hurricane Cross got on her girlfriend's podcast. How much more of a follower oh, we'd have? For sure, for you'd sure. pick up probably tens of thousands of followers hundreds, overnight. You know, probably. you know, and so it's just that platform alone could launch you to you know skyrocket. It's just you've never heard of before. Um, did you hear? I know we're going on right now. Um, the more places we're trying to PR the podcast from last time. I know. I think it's just <laughs> last time. Uh, did you hear the conversation he was having with the? There was some athlete or somebody on that more places more dates one and. He's apparently one of these guys that like claims to be natural and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and everybody thinks he's not natural. You don't like a UFC paid, fighter, are you? No, uh, yeah. he literally paid the more plate state guy a certain amount. Oh of yeah, 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 yeah. To come and like the Matt Dress Fitness guy, him. yeah, yeah. Because I would really test him and like make up mm-hmm. this whole deal to where like to actually like, prove, and he mm-hmm. put his like strength numbers up there, yep. and they're all the same. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because. We're even because this was kind of kind of the general topic I was going to talk about today was going to be like how much does like your genetics play a role, play a role. into your fitness, you know, whatever else, and you know they kind of dive into that a little bit on the podcast as well. I guess it's kind of a good segue to kind of I guess lean into a little bit of the podcast, but uh, because I mean there are you know so I mean to kind of give a little background of kind of what we're talking about a little bit is so I guess when you start from like square one is this guy. His name is Brian Johnson, mm-hmm. but he, he dubbed himself the Liver King. And obviously by the naked eye, the guy is obviously enhanced, but he claimed to be, you know, by living by these nine ancestral tenets that he had came up with that, you know, you could look the way that I look, right? And he claimed to be natural, never touched BEDs or anything like that. And, you know, his social media following had blown up over the past like two years, roughly. Well, then I think maybe it was probably couple weeks ago that old emails had surfaced from him, you know, working with a bodybuilding coach talking about the PED use that he was currently on and the things that he was doing and whatever else. And so basically he got busted. And so this guy that came out with the video who busted him, put on the Joe Rogan, this, this YouTube panel is more place, more dates. And uh, basically they were talking about the whole liver king process, but they were talking about how also throughout this process, you know, to a, to a degree, it almost 
when something like that happens, right? Because you definitely had a group of people who believed yeah. that Liver King was all natural, right? And then once that, because I was, it wasn't like I was surprised when the information came out, right? No, like, I mean, if you're, I feel like you're somewhat into fitness in like the industry, you, you kind of know. Yeah, and so, uh, and so when obviously that information came out and shed the light that. All of a sudden now, anybody who's in that spectrum of like that teeter-totter point of like natural or not natural, uh, taking PEDs or not, gets painted with a prospect level. If everybody looks good, then everybody's going to be on PEDs, yeah. right? And so that's what – there's a certain guy that's on uh, – has another fitness channel that a lot of people, you know, dub him as unnatural and takes PED usage. Just dude, like that. jacked. Yeah, and like – Dude is jacked. And that's kind of like the segue of it all is – you know, you do have people who are genetic, genetic phenoms that, you know, don't need PED usage who can look like guys that are on Just Now, hard work, right? you're talking to like a very, very small now, slither of people. But Percentage-wise, like, that's like probably less than 5, 5, 5% of people probably, Cause, I would say. Because you can take like a guy like Ronnie Coleman from back in the day. Have you seen the natural the nat- of him when he was like 16? Yes. It's still incredible. So... Genetic phenoms, right? Just because, and the thing is as well, is another thing that people don't realize is just because you take PEDs doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to look a certain way. Well, either, just because you right? take PEDs and you snap your fingers, you're not going to look crazy. Yeah. You still have to do all the stuff. Right? Yeah, I mean, but you still even have guys who take PEDs who look do okay. decently well, um, like a, a training and like nutrition, and still you wouldn't pick that guy out yeah. as like a PED usage guy, right? Um, that, that does happen as well. Um, and it's not that we, I want this podcast to be like PED usage because obviously I don't think most people are interested in taking PEDs yeah. here. But because um, it's more like a genetic standpoint and like how kind of people kind of use that as a as a crutch to kind of lean on when it comes to their, their fitness a little bit to a degree. Uh, I think some people just think to look like that you have to take PEDs and so they're not going to do that. They'll never look like that, right? Yeah, so I mean, I think I'm, yeah, because <laughs> what's that thing is like, what's the number one way to tell if somebody's on PEDs if they're bigger than you are? I don't got the guys, it's, it's, who is that? He's always got the bandana on, he's got like that northern Boston accent. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Oh god, he's like, the number one way to tell if somebody's on PEDs. Oh, is, is that the dude in the gym? Does yes, yes, I, yeah. can't, I can't remember the guy's name. But, he's kind of newer. Yeah, but he's funny because he's like, the number one way to tell if a guy's big is on PEDs. It's if you're bigger than you. Yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's just funny. But He looks better than you. <laughs> and so, um, but but anyways, kind of going back on the topic here to a little bit to a degree of, of like talking about, you know, how much, I mean, let me ask you this, like, how much do you think genetics play a role? And, like, let's say, for instance, like, you know, and it could be multiple facets, right? I think probably the number one thing is that people use the, my genetics are bad for, you know, for them being a certain size, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're overweight, and they're like, well, genetically, I'm just not meant to be. Like, big bombers or whatever it is. You know, how, like, let me ask you, like, how much do you feel like that is, like, a factor uh, I didn't feel like genetics probably play a role in it. Like, I mean, genetically, like some people have to probably work harder on their nutrition than mm-hmm. somebody else to look a certain way. Um, but at the same time, just because that may be the case, it doesn't mean that you can't also look like that, right? Um, and when I say look like that, I just mean like be healthy and maybe get your goal, right? Um, but I would say, I mean, if we're talking about peak of the peak, 
I think Snacks play a huge role, but I think for like your average everyday gym goer, mm. I don't think it plays as big of a role as a lot of people think. Yeah, I think kind of like, like if you're just trying to be healthy, look good, feel good naked, like do all that kind of stuff. I don't think it plays as big of a role as people think. I think that it ends up just becoming a crutch people use yeah. to then not have to try that hard, right? Well, I think kind of like what you said there too a little bit is like the tip of the spear. When you're talking about people who are at the top of like... Like pros. Let's say pros. Of anything, right? Like whether it be professional athletes, professional bodybuilders, professional fitness people, professional anything, right? Like to a degree, genetics are obviously going to play... At that at that size, going to play a humongous role. Yeah, right? I mean, like, well, hard... Just like everybody says when you're little, like hard work beats talent. But if talent also works hard, exactly. like it's, it's tough to beat it. Like those guys, anybody who's <laughs> at that top tier of that, of that sport would have been extremely good even without a whole lot of work ethic as well, mm-hmm. right? They, they're just genetically coded to be a f- freak athlete, right? Just naturally picks up on things. And they just happen to find and you can have, is, Yeah, right? you can have a guy who, you know, you can even see like kids in high school, right? Just have zero athletic ability. Now, they could train really hard and, you know, spend years and years and years and honestly build up their athletic ability, Right. But if you just have a guy who's just naturally just got it. Well, I mean, you kind of right. see it. There's only so much you right? Like if somebody has never played sports and they start playing sports their freshman year versus somebody mm-hmm. that's been playing sports who's genetically got it, right? He's genetically got it. He's always had it. By his senior year, the guy who's genetically got it, he's been working just as hard as that freshman, probably still going to be better. Like you don't really no see doubt. that guy that isn't genetically there start really getting good mm-hmm. until like he walks on somewhere and by the end of his college career, then he's probably – yeah, decent, right? Well, like, like you can kind of take that and kind of do the inverse of that, right? Like, say maybe you have somebody who isn't the most naturally athletic person, but let's say maybe they started playing sports at a young age, and over, you know, let's say from the time they were eight to the time they're eighteen, over that they've been playing span, sports. They've right? playing sports, and they've obviously gotten a lot better. Let's say maybe you have a kid who is naturally athletic, but maybe didn't really train a whole lot. Maybe they play a lot of sports, but they start decide they're going to pick up sports in high school, right? And maybe at first a kid that's not as naturally athletic, who's played years from sports, will also be better at first. But that kid who's naturally genetically gifted accelerates that much faster. Oh, for sure. Right? Um, I mean, if that kid's working three hours a day and you're working an hour a day, eventually that dude's going to catch up to you. I'm no saying, matter well, how much time I'm just you saying spend, in general, right? like, I'm just saying in general, like, even if that guy just naturally is genetically coded in a way, he's just naturally going to pick up things and be more athletic than you, than you. There's only so much training you can do, you know, before you, you kind of finally peek out on your genetic potential, right? Uh, but I think people in, in general like to use the I have poor genetics excuse mm-hmm. for the lack of hard work they're putting yeah. in, right? I think that's the number one thing that always people will use that as a crutch for is because I'm not putting in the work, so it's not my fault. You know, it's, it's, it's the fault of how I'm built genetically wise. It's not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's not that, I, you know, I'm working out, I'm eating right. It's just my genetics are bad, right? And also I feel like just in general, like I don't think people actually realize how hard it is to do some of these things. Like, so like for instance, like if you want six pack abs, how hard is it to get to six pack abs, but also how hard is it to maintain that, right? Well, and like an out. I'd be lying if like, hey, there, there's some people who to get that goal. Like, well, you have some people who the way they're naturally built that they naturally have a leaner belt to start. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying like that's not something that happens, right? Like, if you look at somebody like myself, like naturally I have more of a tendency to, to be more lean, mm-hmm. more naturally. 
right? Compared to somebody who maybe has like a bigger frame, right? Let's say maybe you take somebody like Mitch Sawyer, yeah. right? Like who naturally has like a, a bigger frame body, a little bit more of an ectomorph, like just, just a, a stockier build, right? He's going to have a harder time than me to get to lower body fat percentages, sure. right? This is genetically how he's gifted or, or built. Now, also, Mitch is one of those guys that can touch a barbell and hey. gain 20 pounds of muscle strength, right? in yeah. a few months, right? Like, I say that's an exaggeration, but he can gain strength, he can gain, he can gain size a lot easier than I can, mm-hmm. right? Like, I really, can... You'd be more like a hard gainer. He's just gaining, right? Exactly, right? Like, and, that, and that's just genetically how, how it kind of goes down. Now, and, and that's kind of one of those things of... Now, that doesn't give me the excuse of saying like, well, I'm just a hard gainer. So there's no, like, I'm just never going to gain strength. It just comes down to hard work though. It just, it just like, yeah, is, is my road to get to like, for instance, like if it's going to be a little longer, a little bit tougher, a little bit more grindier to get to. Yes. No doubt about it. Like that's, that's, that's how it's going to be. But then same thing for him. If he decides, okay, well I want to get a single bitch's body fat. He's going to have a lot longer road, a tougher road to get Mm -hmm. there. But once again, kind of going back to the like the original thing is that how many people originally just start off with, well, my parents are big, my family's big, yeah. I just you know I like food, so there's just no way that I ever can get lean. You don't think every fitness person likes food? Like you don't think every fitness person like wants to go eat sweets and pizza every single day? Well, like that's a conversation like me and Lacey have had before. Is like I literally crack up when people tell me that I'm like. <laughs> Everybody has cravings. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, like, it's it's one of those things. Like, uh, we're definitely in that in that mode of in a society that's kind of like, uh, you know, how how fat shaming is like mm-hmm. a bad thing, right? Well, like, people more so like and I'm sure you like we talked about this before is like the the fit shaming thing. Where, yeah, you know, especially like this time of the year, like a family guy, like, oh, you sure that's on your diet, or I got protein, I got enough protein in there. You know, you hear that shit all the time, right? And uh, it's just it's just one of those things where it's it's just more socially acceptable to be a bigger person mm-hmm. than it is to be somebody to take care so of. It's more health. normal now. Oh, if, no doubt about it. Especially around here, it's more socially acceptable yeah. to be. I wouldn't say like morbidly obese. Like I think as you get to a certain size, like people are like, "Hey, I'm kind of concerned like about you to a degree." But it's definitely if you're got a little belly on you for sure, and let's say if you're 20, 30 pounds overweight that's way more socially acceptable oh, right. than it is to take care of your health and fitness. And so, uh, I, I, the main thing, like, obviously, yes, genetics do play a role, um, into certain, especially like how you're going to genetically look like and mm-hmm. be built like, um, you know, there's a reason why you do have certain body types that are like, you know, exomorphic that are usually your tall, skinnier people who naturally, are naturally just smaller in general. And you have people who are mesomorphic who kind of have the best of both worlds, like a Joe yeah. Guillory where, you know, he can really kind of swing in either direction depending on what he wants. And you have people who are a little bit more endomorphic, endomorphic who just naturally are going to be more broader, bigger people who are, are always going to look, maybe look a little bit softer by the naked eye. Um, or are going to have a harder time getting leaner, but they can also build skeletal muscle mass like that a lot, a lot easier than maybe somebody who's a little bit more exomorphic, right? Or even take like somebody like like Sydney in Lakin. Like mm-hmm. I would consider like 
like Cindy more of a, like a mesomorphic person where she could probably kind of swing either way if she really wanted to. She like put a lot of energy in like losing weight. She probably could. And she will put a lot of energy in gaining weight. She probably okay. could pretty easily either way. And then like somebody like Lakin, who's naturally like a taller, lankier person, like obviously she, it, would, it wouldn't take a whole lot of work for her to stay relatively lean throughout the year, but it, it's going to take a lot of work for her to gain a lot of strength and size over a period sure. of time, right? That's just naturally how she's going to be genetically coded. Um, and so, it, and obviously if you're somebody who, let's say maybe you're a female, for instance, and maybe you naturally have that endomorphic kind of body type where naturally you've always had a little bit more size to you, maybe even through like high school and middle school, you naturally were maybe a little bit bigger than what you would like. And... And so you automatically kind of allowed yourself to just be like, hey, I'm just a big person. It's kind of one of those deals where like, yes, you might have to put in a little bit more work just because naturally your body likes to hold on more body fat than normal. Or maybe you naturally, people just naturally have higher appetites than others. Mm -hmm. You know, like for, for me, for instance, I can, if I'm staying relatively busy throughout my day, it's almost like I have to like set an alarm on my phone to like eat. remind myself to eat, right? Because naturally my mind will just is constantly going and wanting to do things. And food's not like Jacob Yeller gets completely flabbergasted when I when I talk about this. Like I don't understand how you can just go all day without thinking about food because he's like, while I'm eating my meal, thing I'm thinking about the next meal, meal I'm going to yeah. eat, right? And so, but just naturally how I am is I will naturally just be doing things and not eat. Uh, and I know other people are, are like that as well. Um, so like I said, naturally for me, it, it's a little bit easier for me to, to stay at a lower body weight or lower body percentage just because I'm not a big food person. But I know some people, food is very obsessive for them, yeah. right? And so it's a little bit harder for them to, you know, drop body fat and drop weight because it's when you're constantly thinking about that, naturally maybe you have the body type that you naturally hold on, maybe a little bit more higher body fat and things like that that you're going to have a harder road. But, in, and, and that's also where the state of comparison can kind of be a little tough for people, right? Like, you know, what's that quote of, uh, you know, comparisons with Eva Joy, so to speak, where if you're looking at somebody that, it's kind of those things you want, which you don't have or can't have currently. And, you know, like if you have, if you're somebody where, you want to be that tall, lanky person who just, you like that bill visually because you don't have that bill. Maybe you're more of a shorter stock mm -hmm. person. You, you're automatically jealous of the person. Like that, my dude, you're not going to grow a foot at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it, all you can do is kind of like in that comparison of yourself, like where you currently are. And that's why like the invite is like, like a good thing is like, you may not be one of those people who can ha are going to have shredded six pack abs, right? Like, well, you know, like, well, like everybody's abs look totally different. Well, you look right? like a guy like The Rock. Yeah. Right, like the rock, have crazy ass. huge dude, shredded dude. You know, obviously P O P E D usage. Yeah. But even him, that guy doesn't have like washboard six pack abs, so right? Like Jason Momoa, also like Jason Momoa's a huge guy. Yeah. Like, Those guys dude, are like prime example is like somebody abs. who's probably like a mesomorphic, with a shade of like endomorphic mm -hmm. kind of person, where they can kind of get relatively lean, but they're never going to be like a shredded right, dude, dude right. right? Like you're not going to be a professional bodybuilder, right? Exactly. You can see like. The, the genetic makeup of those guys are, are a lot different, right? And so, if but if you if you're looking at somebody who is just shredded to the gills, right? Who might just be more of a skinnier version, and that's the body type that you want. Well, there's only so much you can do about that, right? Like, and I, I, that's sometimes the tough part about 
social media within like the fitness of the side of social media is that like you're like, well, I want to look like this person, right? 5%, right? Right. I want to look like this individual person. Well, that might not be in the cards for you. All we can focus in on is let's say maybe you're a male and you're carrying an 18% body fat. Well, you know, we can work as hard as we can and get you down to, you know, low teens, yeah. right? And like, and for you getting the low teens is like, Hey, like, this, I'm like almost borderline miserable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because the amount of work I'm having to put in, like how much I'm having to deprive myself to get down to those low teens. And you got some people who naturally they maybe hover in the low teens and you know, with, with some work, they can go to, to single digits, right? Um, it's just It just depends on how you're genetically made up. Now, it doesn't mean that kind of going – and really the point of the podcast is really of just because you oh, might be genetically made up a certain way – doesn't give you the excuse or the crutch of saying, well, that doesn't mean I can't try. And it probably comes down to also just like realizing what your genetic makeup is, right? Like you, you probably know like, hey, I'm never going to be shredded or hey, you might get shredded, right? You might, you might get jacked for you, but you're never going to look like a Ronnie Cole. Right? Okay. So you just like, have to be aware of that. Like for instance, let, let's, let's take myself for, for example of like, so when I first started doing cross, like CrossFit, and it's still not like a great movement for me as uh, like strict handstand pushers, mm-hmm. right? Where it was a movement that I really, really struggled with. It was always somewhere, if it was in a workout, I knew I was going to lose a tremendous amount of ground to somebody as a competitor, right? You take somebody like Jacob Terrio. Yeah. Completely different genetic makeup than me and like way shorter levers, way shorter of a dude. Quit. That was his best move across it, yeah. right? He would accelerate at that particular movement. And if I was comparing myself to him to saying like, okay, well, I could put all the work in the world to get better strict handstand pushups. I was never going to be a good, good as Jacob Terry with strict handstand pushups. You can right? be good. I, I could good. I can you get can good, good for myself, right? Like, like you're not going to be pick of the spear. Yeah. Like I'm just genetically right? wise. I'm never going to be the best strict handstand pushup in the world. Like that's just not in the cards for me. Right, and that's and that's okay, but that doesn't give me the excuse of like not say, hey, I'm more. never going to work on that. Right? Exactly, right. I got to at least got to get it where I'm in the middle of the pack of the field, right, where I'm not going to lose ground. Right, it just means you have to work harder in that category, and right? I have to spend that much time on it, right? Like you reverse just, that though, like you Jacob Rowan. Sure, yeah. you say you're on a row with Jacob Terrio. Exactly, Jacob's going to have to work just way harder on a rower yes. and spend more time on that rower than yes. you have to. Exactly. Like I can work all year long on that one particular movement and he not do extra hand push pushup. Mm-hmm. He was still going to beat me in that movement. There's nothing I could do about it. Now I could prove my ass off on that movement. Like I can go from doing 15 to 30 in a year. He's still going to be better at me. Yeah. And the same concept with him on a rower where if we're rowing a 5k for time, he could spend all year working on his rower intervals and I could jump on a rower and probably still beat him in a 5k road test. Right. It's just, that's just genetically how we're modified to be. That, like, once again, that doesn't give you the, the crutch or the excuse to say, well, just because I'm not going to be good at it or not going to be great at it doesn't mean that it shouldn't work on And me. also, though, like, let's say you do achieve a goal that, like, maybe you're not the best at. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you're genetically, like, you've never had abs and it's just not in your cards. You think, if you were to get abs, you know how good that would feel? Well, so, it's like, yeah. I mean... Like, that, that would feel amazing, I mean, how many right? people, like, it's, it's kind of those deals of... And, and I, I, say, I keep saying abs, like not everybody wants abs. No, like, right? Like, but let's just say look we're just going to use different examples here. <clears throat> let's say you use that same example of, of abs, right? Like maybe you've never never had them before, and all of a sudden they say, okay, maybe this is a goal of mine to do. Obviously, with some hard 
like work of like working on nutrition, like maybe you've never worked on nutrition before. Yeah. It's these little subtle things that obviously you putting in the work is you might achieve this one aspect you've never even gotten before. You don't know unless you've tried before, but you, know, you hear the excuse so many times of like naturally, I'm just a naturally bigger person. And that might be true to a degree. I'm not I'm saying that's complete bullshit. Um, but there's, and it's also one of those things of like the age thing as well, where there's plenty of people like take myself, for example, like I think if, I did, I kind of went down the path of my, my, like my parents where, you know, I never got into health and fitness and I started having kids and just kind of worked and whatever else that obviously naturally from middle school to high school to college to up to adult life, I would have gradually gotten bigger and gained weight. Mm-hmm. Right. But naturally as a kid, tall, lanky, right. But over 20 years of not doing physical exercise, I probably would have gained weight, got a good things like that. But that's not how naturally, genetically I was made up, right? Yeah. It's my lifestyle choices and my sedentary lifestyle that I have now that have gotten me the way that well, I am. Well, and that's another thing is like also like if you've never worked out a lick in your life and you come in here and you're expecting abs in a month, like you just have to be aware. I think it comes down to just being aware of everything, I feel like. What do you mean by that? Um, just like being aware. Like, I mean, you have to be aware of like, hey, if I've never worked out a lick in my life or a day in my life, like you have to know coming into a gym, like, hey, this is going to take time, right? Or genetically, like, you have to know, like, hey, I've never seen abs on me ever in my Mm -hmm. life, right? You just have to know that you're just going to have to spend time and actually work hard to achieve these things. Well, yeah, I mean, to a degree, like, kind of, I think, I guess maybe another big, I didn't really think about this before when we started talking about the podcast, and what we kind of touched on here is, like, the age thing, or like how many people kind of use their age as another excuse as to why. And age bigger. plays a role. It, it plays a role. To, it's, well, it's not like, I, it's I don't know if it necessarily, thing, right? I mean, yeah, it, it depends on at what point in time, right? If you're talking to someone who's 35 compared to somebody who's like 65. Well, okay. Age, yeah, age, right? age is a different there, right? But like 30, when, you're 30, 30, when you're 35 like, years you're old, not, like, you're not making a big difference. When you're 35 years old, you're like, well, you know, it's just um, the age I'm at now is the reason why I'm bigger. No, it's, it's not the case. Like, just because you're 35, it's, your, it's the lifestyle that you've dramatically True. changed over the past 15, 20 years is the why you look the way you are now. And lifestyle, and, would, I and, mean, that plays... Well, it's... it's well, like, there's 50% of it. Well, and obviously, when you're in that, that 30 to like 40-year range, right? You're somewhere between you know, 30 and 50 years old. That That's a, a really busy time in your life where you're growing a family you're in work and things like that and you have less time for yourself. And so your lifestyle, like you said, is is completely different. So you have less time to devote to your health and fitness, right? But people will use it as a, as an excuse because of the fact they're not putting in the time and the energy to their fitness, right? They're using their age as the excuse for that, right? Like they're like, well, you know, man, when I was 21, you know, I was so fit, blah, 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 blah. You know, then I'm 35, 38 years old. You know, now, you know, things just don't work out like they used to anymore. Yeah. That's the reason I'm as big as I am. Like, I'm not saying, like, you're in your genetic prime. Like, I'm not saying, you know, when you're – if you were to start training, anything like that, you'd be like a 21-year-old all over you. I'm not necessarily going on those lines. But the 
Think of when you were 21 about compared to what, what stuff were you doing at 21 that you're not doing now. Well, right. think of how much more free time you had in yeah. general. Like when you don't have kids, you don't have a full-time job. I feel like, like once you're 30, I mean, that's when everything picks up. I mean, you have, like you said, like you have family, like normally work probably starts picking up for you. Mm-hmm. You're probably working longer hours. Like I feel like everything kind of starts to kind of creep up once you hit that round. Yeah, I mean, you have, like, especially with younger kids, like they take a lot of time and you're at that age where you're still kind of climbing the ladder in your business. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're still trying to excel, you know, you're still trying to get your financially stable and whatever else. And so you have less time to devote to these things and more than likely your nutrition has only gotten worse. You have less time to devote to your nutrition as well. So it's a fact of a lack of multiple things, probably a lack of sleep because of the fact you have more kids and you're waking up early for work or maybe to your physical exercise, basically non-existent. Maybe a little bit of exercise you get is when you go outside and get a little bit to a degree mm-hmm. of that. And then three, you definitely don't food prep. You have less time to food prep now than you ever have. And so you're you're order take out, doing more takeout, taking, you know, it's, it's more processed foods like that. And those three factors alone are obviously the reason as to why you have the body composition that you have now. And so, but so often or not, you hear people because they're in their thirties or their forties that that's the reason why they look the way they are. And it's like, that's not necessarily the reason. I mean, yeah, obviously it's just more of the lifestyle that you have. You put that, put that same scenario of somebody who's 21, being giving them the same exact lifestyle that you have, they would probably they would be the same, same way, probably. right? Like your metabolism itself doesn't really change. I hate that one. The metabolism. Thing. I hate that one, man. Well, like, a, they like have it plays a role, but it's not that. Like, well, they have now studies showing that your your metabolic rate, I think, changes like four times at like a at your younger age, right? Like, I think it's like at like one it changes, at like three or five it changes. It changes again when you're like in your like that ten to twelve year old range, and then it changes like one more time around like early twenties, maybe. And then it doesn't change again until like in your mid 60s. 60s. Right, so like from like 21 to like mid 60s, your metabolism actually on a lab standpoint is exactly the same. I think obviously a lot of people are gonna probably remember I say it's a bunch of bullshit, but by the time to the lab, that's how it actually is proven, right? But it all comes down to how your lifestyle changes throughout these 40 years. You know, think how much different your lifestyle looks at 25 than it does at 55. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's all completely lifestyle based for sure. And so, and, I, and I'll say to a degree, people can use that excuse here as well, where people are like, maybe they work out, you know, consistently for three or four times a week. And they use that excuse of, well, I'm just, you know, I work out, but I'm not losing weight. But it's just genetically how I'm coded that I'm just going to be a bigger person. But yet, when you ask them, you know, how many calories are you eating in a day? They can't, they can't, well, yeah. they can't even answer the question. Like, well, I don't know. Like, well, obviously you're not taking care of a nutritional standpoint. You're just using the fact that your family is big. So you're big, but you're doing a little bit of stuff to kind of take care of your health, but you're still big. But it's just because I'm genetically coded this way or metabolism slow or yeah. maybe I'm not, I'm not taking care of my nutrition. And so, uh, it, it's kind of those things where yes, obviously genetics do play a part and they're going to play a, a big part in the way of ultimately how you're going to look at, you know, at your worst and at your best, mm-hmm. right? Like if you put all the work in, in the world, you know, like you, you and this one guy could literally or girl or maybe literally put in the same amount of work or even you put in more work. And this at the, by the end of the day, they might on a visual eye standpoint, look better than you, you might be leaner than you, you might be stronger than you, you might have more muscle than you. 
but that's just how the cards kind of how it plays out, right? The same thing with anything in life, right? You can sit there and study your ass off for this test for six weeks for this final, right? And you just got that fucking guy who just naturally literally never studies, never studies, and go in and ace the freaking yeah. test. That's freaking life, dude. It's just that's across the board. What is it, what's that saying? It's like there's always got there. I know they always say in sports, there's always somebody working hard or whatever it is. But like I feel like that applies to everything. It, that's what I'm saying. It's not just right? like there's there's so many people in this world, dude. That like there's always going to be somebody that is a little bit better oh, so, at anything. There's always, right? there's always so much. You can and there's always let's say you're the best at something. There's always going to be somebody that comes behind you and beats you. Like yeah. like there's not you can't get around it. I feel like. And so, no doubt about it, like, Gen X do play a role. No doubt. But to, to use any of that stuff as a crutch, um, it's, it's really just an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, anytime we ever heard that as an excuse, you just kind of have to have that eye roll. Just because, like, you know it's an excuse. And they might truly believe in their heart as, you know. And that's another thing. I feel like they have, people like that have said that for so long that it, it, it's a lot of Maybe they else. started saying it as like a joke and like hey joking yeah. around about it but 10 years later they actually like believe and like have now yeah. become like okay this is for real like yeah. this is really why well you could use that like same thing with I know we're kind of playing hypotheticals here but like for instance let's say somebody naturally just gets mad all the time right or like oh you know my, my dad had an anger issue my mom had an anger mm-hmm. issue I have anger issues like no like you just you're not you don't have control of your emotions yeah. like you should right like like, yes, maybe naturally you have a more, like, just, like, high energy. Like, you're, like, yeah. in, like you have mood swings very easily, like, but it doesn't give me an excuse to, to lose Scream your shit. everybody, right? Like, lose your yeah. shit. Like, you just don't have control of your emotions. But you're using me out of, like, because my parents had anger issues, I have anger mm-hmm. issues, right? Because you do have personalities that are, like, more mellow, whatever it may be. But, um, but... You're, you're, you're allowing that to be an excuse for you to not be able to control your shit or control your emotions all the time. Like, I could use that excuse because, I mean, like, my, my dad always threw temper tantrums, like, growing up. I remember dad throwing temper tantrums all the time. Like, you'd ask my mom, like, you know, that's one of the things that, that happened, right? And, like, but that's not something, like, I could, I could use that excuse for me to blow up my shit off, like, on Kaylee or the kids all the time. Yeah. Like, that's, but that's, but you don't, but you don't like, right. you just, you can't use shit like that. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, what I want to kind of like jam on today. Cause honestly, uh, I think that was something that I had caught that on before is like how many people have used that as a kind of a crush before in the past. And I'm sure you heard it before here at the gym or just in your family. I think everybody's kind of used that to a little bit to a degree. Um, and like, you know, same thing with myself, like maybe, you know, like I said, like I'm not gonna be the best press in the world, but doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't work, on, can't it, work right? on and try to get better. Like all you can do is kind of like, I know it's cliche, but like only compare yourself to where you are currently. Right. Yeah. If, you're, if I'm comparing myself to, you know, the best in this particular thing, like, yeah, that might seem like, okay, I'm probably never going to get there, you know, and that's, and that's fine, but it doesn't give me an excuse. Like that's Still something I would goal, strive to work on. Right. Like, you know, it gives you at least a little touch point. Like, a, a and the thing is like, if you, it's kind of those things where, uh, if you give yourself that ceiling, you know, then you'll never actually, obviously break it. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you give yourself, if I said, okay, well my goal is to just get to, you know, 10 strict hands and pushups. I might have to have the genetic ability to get to 20 or 25 strict hands and pushups. You right. Just never know. You just never know. You got to keep pushing the envelope to a degree. That's what you want to kind of work on it. But I think a lot of people will obviously don't do that because of, you know, 
using that crutch or that excuse of, of some type of genetics there. And so, um, but I think we kind of exhausted that subject pretty Pretty well. Um, but next week we won't be on a podcast. I'll be out of town next week. Well, I'll say out of town. We got, a Christmas, uh, well, every year LCA, they do this, uh, the whole school goes to the grant Christmas tree farm up there. Okay. And so, uh, I'll be up there next Thursday doing all that, all that stuff and whatnot. 23rd? 23rd? Yeah, 22nd. 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 And so then the next podcast we'll have to talk. I guess it'll be the New Year's, Year's week. That'll be New Year's week. New Year's one? Uh, we'll have to we talk about our new uh, strength cycle. Okay. Because we're... Uh, so we're coming up on it. Well, like this... Weeks. Yeah, because this is week five mm-hmm. of the current strength cycle. And then we got week six, obviously, next week. And then uh, we kind of have like a, a bridge week to where um, kind of like transition into the, to the next cycle okay. thereafter. Uh, so I'm, I'm about done with that. I think I got like two more weeks. I got to finish up the last like couple, like two or three weeks of the program, but it's pretty much done okay. for the most part. What so. are they doing? They're doing back squat? What's that? Are they maxing back squat or no? On oh, this cycle? Yeah. No. This, no. So this, well, no, this is the second well, this back is, squat cycle. Well, this is right? kind of this strength cycle. Um, it's kind of like the first tier. It's kind of like it's kind of like two. Sh- this strength cycle ties into the next strength cycle. Okay. So like it's it's gonna be uh, very similar in the way the structure for the next six weeks as well. But it was basically to help tie into this one to where we're gonna build to kind max. Of like this one, like move from bulgarian split squats to the back rack. Yeah. To a different movement. Exactly. So and then so this particular cycle will be a little bit more. We're kind of building a base, and then this next six weeks will be a little bit more um, geared towards actually like hitting some maxes and stuff okay. like that, which I thought would be kind of a good, fun time at the beginning of the year, kind of now, kind of transition to being the year, like people are a little bit more motivated and be in the gym a little bit more. And so uh, with that six week cycle, in and off with like more maxes. So, like, max out the back squat, max out your press, max out your, it'd be a little bit more like kind of like the fun stuff, traditional, like straight up, like strength stuff instead of getting like we'll kind of like strip it down to be a little more simple for the second half of the strength like cycle four by four, like that kind of stuff. a little bit to a degree yeah so not not as much tempo and things like that can't give y'all too many tidbits but yeah we don't make a whole other podcast yeah. on this do you think do you think people like the consistent like like same rhythm for the six weeks uh i don't know if they like it or not but i know personally i like it like i like being able to see like I feel like I'm pretty good at remembering what everybody does in every class of mm-hmm. the week. And so, like, this well, week... Well, from a coaching I, standpoint, yeah. It helps well, this down. week, I, like, I know Joe Blow did this last week, so now I'm walking up and, hey, I know you started heavier than that last yeah. week. And so then they'll go put more weight. It is, it is a lot easier as a coaching staff to kind of know, like... And I think it's easier for them, too, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, it's... Okay, I have one less rep this week. I could probably go heavier, right? Yeah. And it, maybe, like, it's a little bit more monotonous and maybe not quite as like fun as like the randomization of mm-hmm. things but when, especially when it comes to like strength it's it's one of those things where it's gonna be really hard to like if you're if it, it's almost like the first week of our strength cycles right the first week is almost like a feeler week where mm-hmm. you're kind of like judging how much weight you should use but if you did that every week then you're basically starting at square one every single every time week, right? right like unless you're getting like straight up percentage work of like, hey, you're going to do your back squats at these certain percentages. If you're just doing like, say, a strict pull-up or you're doing, you know, single leg work, like a lunge or something like that, 
a lot of times you're not going to know what weight to use, right? And like you have to use the first week to kind of fill it out. And then from there, you can then progress it from from there with more loading and more reps, whatever it may be. When we're constantly changing things up all the time, then uh, it it makes things a lot more difficult to like linear progress that over a period of time. And so I know to a degree it can get a little bit boring because you're like, oh God, we're back rack drop lunge again. And we're doing this again and again and again. But if you actually have intention behind it, like I, me personally, I'm a little bit more geeky when it comes to stuff because I was saying the one right in the program, maybe I have my biases, obviously. Uh, but I like it more because now I have, and I'm more of a type of person, like I like to have something to kind of shoot for sometimes. And so if I know, okay, last week I did this and knowing this is what I'm going to try to shoot for here today that motivates me a lot more mm-hmm. compared to if I just wrote up random strength pieces. It's like a mini goal though. It gives you like a mini exactly. goal, right? Like or even like today, like with the power things, right? Like last week, I think it off like at 250, 255, right? And so like, okay, my goal is hit 265 today mm-hmm. on, the, on the clean complex. And so, because I, that's heavier than I did last week, right? And like same thing with my push ups, Like I did, like I think I did three every single time with this certain deficit. I was like, okay, well this week I'm gonna try to hit four or five reps on every single set with that same deficit, right? So now I had a little little more of an actual goal to go towards. If it has been like a random strength piece, you know, it doesn't excite me as much because I'm like, I don't don't know. I'm just going to try hard and like whatever happens, happens. But like actually having like some type of goal to hit helps out a ton for me, Mm -hmm. you know, or like for instance, like if you do like a benchmark workout, you did it last time. You have a little bit more like, okay, well, this is what I did last time. Like, I'm trying to beat that score. You a little bit more reason to kind of like put some intensity into it. But that's just me. I think that's why people like benchmarks, obviously, is because they have, they well, they have before. Like, they know what they did before. They have right? a baseline to go off of. And so okay, they I did this rep scheme and I got this time. Let's try to, like, let's try to go faster, maybe try a different rep scheme, right? Yeah, whatever. or I'll try to go heavier and try to be more old score, whatever it may be. Uh, and that's why I like the, the, the linear progressions of the strength pieces. It might not, like I said, it might be a little bit more. Uh, not as fun, maybe a little more monotonous because we're repeating the same thing over and over and over again. But that's the reason why I like the program at the way I do. And also people get more familiarized with the movements more consistently. So they're more exposed to them more mm-hmm. regularly. So their form actually ends up improving Improved as well. As they're more so as the weight gets heavier and as you're actually looking better. Yeah, because you're getting more exposure to the movement more regularly. So you're starting, your form starting to progress better, which you end up being able to lift more load because of it because you're actually – doing the movement more properly in better positions and, and so on and so forth. So, um, so we're just, we're just, we just went North of 50 minutes. So I think we're good. Now. We hit it. Yep. So, uh, so this will be the last podcast, I guess it won't be the last one of the year. Will it? Well, uh, no, yeah, no, we have one more. This is 17th. We'll have the week of the 20th. We'll, it won't we'll be have... next week. And then we'll talk about the, the yeah. new strength cycle, the week of new year's, but that'll come out before the end of the year. So we got one more podcast at the end of the year. Oh, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, which I thought we were going to talk about, what? was the Christmas party. Oh, we did. We can save that one, though. We can save it. Uh, man. That top, was... Top two, for sure. Top two, for sure. Like, a craziness, at least. I, was, I will say, like, as somebody that wasn't drinking and, like, got to see the whole shebang... Have you ever gotten wasted at one of these Christmas parties? Not a Christmas party. Um, I got... A full party one year. Full party one year. I got I got pretty yeah, toasty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I've never never had a Christmas party. No. I don't remember you ever getting like, I think I've only gotten gotten bad one year and it was the pool party when yeah. you, when we gave up like a Yeti or something. Was that the year you got you went Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what the second or third year. Probably. Probably. At uh, Melinda's. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this one went off the rails 
way Fast. faster than normal. <laughs> Usually it's like, if anybody, like last year was pretty low key. I think last year, like I said, I think about maybe left here between 10 and 10.30. I don't really remember anybody getting like, I mean, we had a couple of girls who got a little, little, little toasty and whatnot, but they were, it was more like they kind of got to the point time they were just having a good time. It wasn't like, like fall over, mm-hmm. like drunk kind of this deal. This was like shit-faced. It was, there was a lot of people just like getting straight up shit-faced yeah. by the end of it. Like, and by like 8, 8.30. And it was, it was like, you snapped your finger, you looked around and then all of a sudden everybody was going crazy. Like, yeah. like everybody's going crazy. Everybody's already at that point. I think, I think as a, as a sum total, we definitely had the most drunk people at one part that we oh, ever had. Sure. Like, I don't even, I don't know if it was close. I don't even know if it's close. Like, I think this was by far the most, yeah, the most alcohol being in pain yeah. for sure. I can't remember what year. There was another year. I don't remember this many people at that particular party getting like, like that, like shit face per se. But I remember we didn't get home that day till like two or two thirty in the morning, and it was just one of those things where. People were just all over the place. All over. I forgot. That's probably the probably the second or third year we did it. It's probably like twenty sixteen area. I want to say is probably when that one went down. Uh, and every year is good in its own right, but in this year was was on another yeah. level. It definitely took it up a notch. And <laughs> I think it was just funny because you got to see people that like normally, let's say like they don't talk or like they're, they're very like to themselves. I feel like those people like came out, came out. Oh something. yeah. Like the people that like you normally like you, you kind of to themselves. kind of to themselves a little bit. They like, they have a great time. Well, it's <laughs> what a little liquid courage will do. Oh, oh for sure. For right. sure. But, uh, <laughs> If Kaylee doesn't uh, completely overrule, we'll see how next year goes. So next year, Kaylee's like, all right, we're doing a family night, face paintings, we're in ponies. <laughs> no more. I mean, it, it turned into kind of like to kind of a bar scene. Oh, 100%. 100, 100%. The only thing that was missing was a straight up fight. A fight. Kind. That was the only thing we didn't have. We didn't have a fight. So Which that's, is good, that's a positive thing. And so, uh, well, cool deal. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll be off uh, next week from the podcast. Then um, we'll have a last of the year podcast that we'll kind of talk about the new strength cycle moving into the next year. So you guys will get nice and motivated for the beginning of the year. We obviously the beginning of the year probably need to do a whole podcast on like the whole New Year's resolution resolution stuff, yeah. I guess. And um, so, but hopefully you guys have made it this far. Congratulations! I think we maybe set a new piece nice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's made this far in the podcast. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later.